the Spine Race, a gruelling 160-hour, 268-mile challenge in the UK, which pushes those who take part in it to both their physical and mental limit. Among the brave competitors taking part in it this year was Manxman Oren Smith, who did so with an important local cause to support. Despite the odds and trials of this unforgiving race in sometimes brutal conditions, Oren battled the odds to beat the race, and in doing so raised thousands of pounds for an island charity. So just how tough was the spine race? How did he overcome the test? Well, Oren recently caught up with my colleague Rianne Evans to tell Manx Radio all about this unrelenting yet unforgettable experience. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, not only did you complete what a tough race, yeah. but you also came in, was it 10th or 11th? Yeah, I know joint 10th. Joint 10th. Joint yeah, yeah. Amazing. Let's just start with how are you feeling now? I'm actually surprisingly feeling um, very good now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I got a lot of recovery in a couple of days in bed. Um, just eating lots, yep. really, to be fair, and keep my feet up. I think that was important because at the end of it, it was like my kind of weight had gone from the centre of my body out to, like, my appendages. Like, my hands were all dead swollen, my feet were really swollen, and my face was really swollen. Oh, I wow. Yeah, I don't know kind of what the science is behind that, but, yeah, it's like I got kind of lost a load of weight, but, like... Bloomed at yeah, the same bloomed time. Yeah, bloomed at all the ends. Well, and... I mean, how much sleep did you get? So it was like two, probably all in all, maybe six hours, something like that. Six hours yeah. over six days, over, was it? No, uh, so it started Sunday morning. So uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoon. So like four and a half days. Wow. Yeah. I guess there's not much time being horizontal then. So if you're... No, yeah. That might be why you've bloomed. It could, you it bloomed. could yeah. Um, Some people who do the Paris say the same thing, like yeah. their hands all blown up and what have you. So, how was the race? Apologies, because you've had that. Yeah. I'm assuming you've had that question so many times. Yeah. But how was it? Uh, it was like a simple answer is it was very like I realised that like adventures are painful and it, and it was painful, but the pain's starting to go away from my from my mind now, and I'm remembering like the views and things like that. If you get me, yeah. But at the time, it, it like I remember. Just thinking to myself, like, never doing this distance again. How was it in terms of your expectations? Um, okay, so my expectations were really to finish, to be fair. Like, I had no idea where I'd come in the race. I, I had no kind of race plan, so to speak, if you get me. So uh, on day one, kind of, we started running. And it just so happens that I was running with the front back at the start. But it's not because I was pushing hard. It's just because they were running really, like, easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, just plodding along with them for a bit, and as we uh, as we got to like the first kind of mountain rescue checkpoint, which is, it's not like an um, official checkpoint, it's just they've kind of got a little camp set up there. We dropped into there. I stopped for a tea, and then boys like they literally just got the water and went str- you know cracked straight on with it. And I straight away then I just thought I'm not prepared to do that at every checkpoint if you get me. Yeah. So I got myself a cup of tea. And just slowly kind of got into it and just let them kind of drift off, if you get me. And then from then, I just thought, this is kind of my own race. And I just want to kind of run it within myself and not get dragged along by anything. So, yeah, so I just, in my head, was just like, I'm racing this uh, not to compete, but more Mm -hmm. to complete. Yeah, nice. uh, And you ended up... um meeting and racing with or running with a kind of buddy along yeah, the yeah. way was Clarence. he Clarence from Sweden yeah that's yeah. right yeah um so like I, you said that you probably talk about low points like it wasn't wasn't long after a low point where I met Clarence and he'd had a low point as well it's basically um after Tan Hill which is 
think it's probably about I'm just guessing like it's about 140 miles into it or what have you it's the top of like a really big climb so you go into this uh, I think it's the highest uh, pub in England and you go in and you open and it's really cold outside and you walk in and it's just absolutely roasting in there it's got massive log burner mm. and there's like it's got nice country uh, like comfy couches and he's got a bed set up at the bay he's just like you know make yourself at home you're like the heat just hits you when you walk in there and it's like oh wow so I just kind of took my pack off. Taking my pack off was a big thing for me, as uh, just to kind of digress yeah. a little bit. But like in training, like I'd train like six hours with my pack on and stuff. But like nothing really sets you up for like at that point. I'd been like thirty-five hours plus carrying the pack on my back, and my back was just done in. My shoulders were like really sore. So any opportunity I got to take that pack off my back, I just took it. So yeah, to pack off and back, I gave him my bottles to uh, to go fill up for me. And then I just, I really wanted to lie down on that bed, but I thought if I lie down on there, I'm not getting up again. No. So um, he told me that uh, the guys behind me were about a kilometre, kind of, you know, coming up the hill. So I thought, you know, I kind of whatever I do here, I want to make sure that I'm ready to go when they turn up. Just even though, like, I'm racing my own race, I just, I didn't, because if they just turn up and I get chatting to them, then I'm stopping for twice the amount of time they're stopping for. So anyway, uh, so they turn up, have a little chat with them. Then I head out. He actually told me that the um, Swedish guy had left five minutes before I turned up. So I thought maybe I can catch up with him. So uh, heading out from Tan Hill is really renowned um, kind of uh, boggy territory that it was going to head through. And I was prepared for that. But it turns out that it was that like frozen that you kind of you just broke the crust of of, like um, the top of the bogs. You didn't like proper sink into them. So I thought this is great. So I thought I'd just make up some time there, kind of made my way through there. And then maybe an hour into it, as you get close to uh, so like the halfway point, is it crosses a road and I thought it was going to cross a bridge but it's actually a tunnel that I was looking for like so you're running on a trail and then there's a sign that points like directly 90 degrees left but there's no trail directly 90 degrees left there's a lay- there's a trail a little bit further along so I thought oh, may- maybe the signs are just in the wrong you know kind of sleep deprived and stuff I thought maybe the signs so I start following this trail and then my watch stops beep- beeping at me I check my watch and I'm like way off the trail and I'm like damn it so I start like running back to where the line was but there's no trail there's like no trail there at all so I was faffing around for ages and then I just thought well maybe there's just no trail to follow you just have to make your own way I could kind of see like um in the distance like about a mile and a half down the distance you could see like trucks and stuff going along the road so I knew where the road was I knew it was traveling the right direction it's just like when there's walls and gates and barriers like there's only one way that you can get through eventually I did found the tunnel it was a tunnel uh, but as with all that faff I'd slowed right down uh, I had a bit of a sweat on which had gone cold and I just felt like I don't know if you ever felt it but you know when you f- feel a cold within you like like it actually inside like within your body if you get me like your body temperature dropped and I knew there was like 11 12 miles to go and 12 miles to go that tired in them conditions was like you know a good like three hours four hours and I was just like, I started to think then I might have to like set up my bivy and like climb into my sleeping bag at some point. And then I was started thinking, well, maybe I'm just not making good decisions now because I'm tired. So I kind of got through the um, the tunnel and then just kind of cracked on through all this moorland. There's no path anymore. It's just making your way through this moorland. And there's just no civilization anywhere. 
and it just felt like so kind of isolated and alone and worrying about kind of because there's no trail so say i'm not even on the right trail and runners you know something happens and runners are going by and they're not even passing do you know what i mean yeah. all these things start to go through your head um anyway i dropped down into this kind of outdoor visitor center uh, there was no one around but it was just like like that kind of area so i thought if something does happen and i don't come to consciousness or in the morning there's going to be people about here someone's going to find me so i set up my baby a message to race headquarters because when you stop for longer than 15 minutes you have to let them know so that you know they mm. kind of know what's going on yeah so they don't start searching for you so i let them know i let nikki know just in case she was going to be worrying i planned like this is just in my head i planned to stop for like five hours which is just i shouldn't have even planned to stop for that long i just my legs were exhausted my body temperature dropped like dramatically and I just I, I felt like I just really need to get my sleeping bag I need to get some rest and then I'll be moving much faster in the morning and things like that so um so I, I did that Nikki was like you, you, you can't stop for five hours you got you know mm. I'll, I'll give you a message in two hours or what have you so it gets him a bivy immediately it felt warm as soon as I got into my uh, sleeping bag but um within like I must have nodded off and when I opened my eyes I was like shaking like really aggressively mm. so I kind of knew there's, there's something wrong there and I put my hand down the side uh, uh, of my sleeping bag and it was just absolutely freezing cold what had happened is so when you sleep in a bivy you kind of have to have your head outside the bag yeah so the condensation kind of gets out but because it's so cold you I put my head up. inside yeah. condensation built up and it starts freezing and then it's kind of it's like a layer of like frozen water all down the inside of, of my bivy and in, in my sleeping bag as well so I thought I'm gonna have to start moving now anyway gets out my sleeping bag goes to put my trainers on and they were like all compressed and frozen oh no I know it's like a film I know it was so <laughs> bad and and the laces because I've been running through bogs and things like that they'd kind of accumulated water which had frozen and then just more and more of water frozen on top so there's like two ice cubes instead of laces and I was like I'm, I can't get the I was thinking I'm gonna have to like go eight miles through moorland and stuff just in my socks like i was banging them off the wall nothing was happening so uh, i ended up getting my jet boil out boiling up some water i uh, made some hot food uh just to get my body temperature up and then i had a little bit of water left so i went to kind of pour that on the laces it didn't really do much and i thought that's just going to start freezing now as well so i panicked and i just started biting my lace started biting all the ice off off my laces i managed to get them free and uh, managed to get my shoes on. Uh, I let Nikki know that I was going to start moving again. It starts moving. About five minutes later, Clarence comes up behind me, and we just chat about how, like, he'd found a, a shelter somewhere, and he just bivied down inside the shelter for three hours. But yeah, so from then we were just talking about how scary how scary it was for both of us, yeah. and like maybe we could use each other and you know crack on and get through this so yeah we kind of made a little bit of a pack there and then when we got to Middleton and uh, Teesdale uh, we got some warm food on us changed our kit I said I was going to get another 20 minutes sleep he said that's a good idea he's going to do the same and we took it off together you've had all the mind games mm -hmm. um and you've met up with Clarence you yep. guys have decided to sort of stick together um leading up to that point would you say that was the hard, lowest your lowest yeah, point yeah yeah okay. that, that that was the point all of that messing about with the trainers and things like that, that uh, that was like really worrying. 
Um, so just getting going was a, a boost. And then kind of coming across Clarence, having some things in common, that was another boost. And the fact that he'd kind of been fairly, like struggling fairly similar as well recently, that was uh, that was another boost really, to be fair. So we said, let's uh, make our way to Middleton together and then, you know, see how we get on from there. The mental strength and the mental resilience, because yeah. I mean, it speaks volumes going through that. And yeah. when you, like I mentioned just before, when you were telling the story, it was so easy to visualize and the mind games that would go on, you know, with that lack of sleep yeah. being that cold, not not having a trail, you yeah. know, sort of thing. So I think it's hard to train yourself to be mentally resilient. Yeah. So how did you find that battle? So, yeah, like, so I kind of, prior to that, I had been like seeing things and stuff like that dropping into holes. Um, the, it's almost like a dream your brain starts dreaming whilst you're still awake so I, I was already kind of second guessing myself um so I think that's what it is it's just like always kind of reflect on the decision that you just make or the decision you're about to make and, and just kind of just run it over in my head a couple of times just to make sure that it is the right decision and and if it wasn't the right decision you know perhaps there's you know what's have I got two options have I got three options which you know what what other options you know what are the potential kind of downfalls of say option two or option three yeah yeah sort um, of constant analysis yeah, yeah. constant self-analysis yeah so we've talked about your lowest point what was yeah. your highest point do you know what you said you'd ask me lots of things that other people would have asked me and uh, no one's asked me what my highest really point was. no i don't the mcdonald's at the end <laughs> <laughs> if there was one it could have been. <laughs> i think the highest point was probably not a point on the trail but just like highest point was like we were just chatting outside is like the people like um the the general yeah the kindness of like general public like once we dropped down off crossfell it was like two o'clock in the morning and these people were uh welcoming us into just into their house where they gave us some soup and tons of rounds of toast and just chatted with us helped us kind of build our morale up and all that and they didn't have to do it they weren't they weren't even volunteers they were just people who just Cared, like cared really it's and lovely i think in those like extreme moments when you're so vulnerable yourself yeah. um when people step up just yeah. out of like we just said the kindness of their own hearts it's really adds another level to the whole Definitely. experience yeah yeah oh. absolutely uh it kind of to be proper cheesy it kind of makes your heart get bigger just a little bit as it's been like forever <laughs> shrinking and freezing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's amazing and then you went on to not only finish because you said there was only a 51% finish rate, yeah. but you finished joint 10th. I know. Incredible. I know. Were you expecting that? No, we weren't. Um, there was there was one moment, though, within the Cheviots where um, we'd gone past um, Safety Hut 2 and we were heading to the, like, the last little climb, uh, I think it's called the Shill, before the like four and a half mile descent to the finish. And uh, we could just hear something behind us and we both turned around and there was a runner, like like coming out uh, know you know we could see for miles behind us and miles in front and we couldn't see anyone apart from like you know uh like mountain rescue people and what have you and this guy just comes out of nowhere and it's like we just stop and he and he's like right fellas and then he just cracks on past us and we both look at each other and we're both thinking the same thing as like do we chase him uh, and then we're like wow and it's just like we both just like just kind of shrugged our shoulders and was like we're in it to finish do you know what I mean we're, you know we're not going to chase this dude down and we just kind of watched him just run off into the distance while we cracked on at our own pace and then once we got down off the mountain and we were just walking down walking down the road 
and um, probably about two miles from the finish. I said to the clowns, I'm like, well, if someone else comes along now, this is going to get knocked right down. And he goes, do you know what? This is what I liked as well. He goes, do you know what? If someone comes along now and they run past us, he's like, I'd be so happy for them because they must have like pushed so hard to, to get there. And then right before the finish, they managed to take two more people. And for us, we just wanted the finish. And that kind of solidified that, that, that you know, we just wanted the finish. And yeah, I mean, if someone would have, that would have happened it didn't happen otherwise we'd have been like joint 12 or what have you but that's uh, lovely that's a really sort of generous thought yeah yeah Mm. I Uh, I like that perception of it yeah yeah really really generous and did was it a conscious effort for you two to cross the finish line together yeah 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 we both decided that uh, way back um, when we were probably before we started climbing Crossvale it was like Mm. you know because he was struggling going up Crossvale and yet they keep on stopping for breath and stuff like that. So I just stopped with him, what have you. And then descending was similar. But then on the last day, I think because he's from Sweden, he's used to kind of hiking through snow and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And he was just moving way more efficiently through the snow than I was, especially on the flats. And he was just waiting for me. And I, f- I felt like a bit of a burden to him there. But I know that it kind of it went the other way, you know, when he we were climbing Crossfell. Well. He needed me back yeah. then when we were climbing Crossfell. So I was just like... You know what I mean? It was good. We both we both wait for each other. We both helped each other out. I was really like that was one of my favourite parts, parts of watching you. Yeah, is seeing that you'd obviously made a connection with someone. Yeah, and we're using that person through to get, to get through. through the emotional yeah. and the mental like turmoil yeah. of the challenge. And Absolutely. I thought, you know, you you're going to come out of it finishing it in an incredible place. Also making a really incredible connection with yeah. someone, and he's going to remember that forever. Yeah, we both you know. will. Yeah, yeah, so, we both. I think that's the thing that uh, connects all of us uh, uh, is pe- like, you know, the reason why I did this whole thing in the first place is because I, I, I felt what Chris was going through. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I couldn't feel exactly what he was going through, but I, I, could, I felt something. And it's his pain that made me, like, care. And I think if you got rid of all the pain in the world, then you'd also get rid of all of the caring in the world because that's, you know, when we feel someone else's pain, we feel it and then we start to care, don't we? Yeah. So... That is a really, really lovely yeah. outlook. Really lovely. Um, and talking about that, so you'd originally set the bar lower than five grand and yeah. then you got to five grand and now you're past 10 I grand. Oh yeah. Incredible yeah. support. So yeah. um, how much money are you sitting on at the moment? And just remind us again who uh, who that money is going to go to. Yeah, okay. So um, we have got to £10,649 which is like way more than I thought we'd ever get to. So I'm blown away and I, you know, I have to say like thank you to everyone who's donated, everyone who's followed the dot, everyone who showed their support as well and shared the post, etc. Thank you to you for like, you know, uh, doing these interviews and and the guys at the paper and what have you. Um, and the money goes to the MS Society. And I just got, you know, some uh, Derek Patience, who's like uh, the director, he sent me some things. So it goes to uh, funding of an MS uh, welfare support officer, uh, a professional care specialist via Crossroads who provides care support and guidance to MS patients, their families and carers, providing grants to enable members to buy specialist equipment, electrical scooters, off-road walkers, etc., Funding of respite, care and essential home modifications, installing bedroom hoists, ramps, wet rooms, etc. These modifications often enable MS patients to continue living in their own homes. Funding specially adapted exercise classes, including yoga, pilates and chair-based exercise sessions. Also, they've just begun uh, aquatherapy classes this year. 
uh, also holding regular social events uh, with coffee mornings and things to enable those living with MS to, uh, and their carers and families to socialise and discuss common issues that come up, uh, funding regular special, specially created MS drop-in meetings with health professionals and social services to discuss and help uh, meet needs of people living with MS and purchasing specialised exercise equipment for the neurophysio uh, development facilities awareness uh, sorry and also facilitating awareness days in which a variety of speakers provide input on uh, on and discuss various aspects regarding living with ms brilliant so all they were well delivered um so your money is gonna it's have good. a huge impact yeah basically yeah, definitely and we were talking just before what's next okay yeah uh so the next big one for me is uh uts nodonia which is uh i think it's the 12th of may that one starts and that is uh it's 100 miles in the snowden national park and it is i think it's about thirty-three thousand foot of elevation which is quite close to the elevation that i've just done in in the spine race but compressed into 100 miles so like bigger um, bigger mountains and more kind of more of them <laughs> and if you could take something from the spine race yeah going forward yeah in other races but also kind of without going too cheesy life in general yeah what would you say you've learned that you're going to take forward with you just to keep just to hang in there because something's gonna happen something will change something as bad as it gets there always seems to be as long as you just stay in there for a little bit longer it just it's just going to get easier it's not always just going to get harder thank you for having the stamina to make it to the end of the manx radio sportscast you're clearly someone who has their eye on the ball at all times want to hear more about the latest sporting news across the isle of man and much more then might i recommend you take the plunge and subscribe to this series or a wide range of manx radio podcasts at your favorite podcast provider so that, in a flash, all of our finest moments take a winner's place on your smartphone. Thank you.